All right. I feel much better today. It could have been a very bad podcast, but it turned out to be okay. It's December 28th. Wow. This year's almost over. The Steelers podcast. And my thank goodness for the past second half of the game because, guys, this could have been ugly if – if the beginning of the third quarter wore on. So the Steelers came back. They were down 24-7. They were playing very Steeler-esque for the first um, half and a little bit more. And then they kind of went back to the old, let's have a slow start and let's come back like crazy and let's win. So it was a little bit like the 11-0. I, I wouldn't necessarily give them the Super Bowl yet, but, hey, we're back. <laughs> and – at no better time because we're now division champs, and hey, feeling a little bit better going to the playoffs. So I got Joe and Paul with me. Joe, how you, well, how you, both of you guys doing? We're doing great, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot better than we were doing last week. Yeah, but uh, you know, Christmas was good and everything yeah. as well. You know, so like life is better, but yeah, uh, yeah. a lot happier with what we were seeing on the field. Definitely, Paul. You were kind of surly in our little Facebook chat earlier on, and uh, you, you were happy at the end. Uh, how was the uh, range of emotions, I guess, from yesterday? Uh, I mean, uh, pretty even keel. I mean, I'm definitely glad they came back. Um, definitely was not wanting to head to the playoffs on a losing streak. Uh, still have lots of question marks hanging in the air, but feeling a lot better now that we don't have to play Cleveland for the division title this Sunday. So that's a plus. Now I'm in Ohio. You guys both had the game on your local TV. I mean, of course, Paul being the Pittsburgh area, were they showing the Steelers game in Mississippi, Joe? Yeah. I was worried that they weren't. uh, And uh, I was, uh, when I tuned, because that's always kind of a crapshoot. Like sometimes when I I see the listings and whatever, and then like actual game day, they'll change it up. Um, But yeah. It was on. It was a big enough game, and with well, so many ramifications for all of the, just all of the playoff picture, uh, it was it was a it was a big game. I it may it may have been more important to people around here than it was the Colts, but who knows? Unfortunately for me, I live in Ohio, and, uh, and I live in Columbus, which means that the people in Columbus think that we're all either Browns or Bengals fans. So we had the Browns game, and the Browns effectively said, Pittsburgh, here's the division, as they lost to the Jets. And the Bengals, I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, yes, they have Joe Burrow that's hurt, but I, I don't know why else we would want to watch Bengals games. But, oh, well, it's okay. So I end up watching the game on Facebook I, I used the um, uh, some guy who showed his phone at the TV, so I got to see it that way. Got to be honest, I was um, doing a little organizing, so I had game one more as audio in the background, so I listened to the whole thing. I, I, I don't understand what happened. I mean, they were down 24-7. They came back, so I, I rushed to my Twitter after the game. And I said, well, what happened? Was there like a story being told and everything? So I, I'm watching and listening to press conferences, conferences and apparently Big Ben got up at halftime and said, guys, we're not having fun. And that galvanized the team because guys said, wow, what happens if we have fun? And apparently that's what turned everything around. So guys, if we come back and win the Super Bowl and Disney does a movie about this, who would play Big Ben? Who, who's the guy? Oh, Zach Efron. I'm thinking Zach Efron. So if he's playing Big Ben in the movie, 
I don't think Efron's tall enough. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> well, you have to put him in there with you have to put him in there with a bunch of people who legit play football. Uh, even if they're not professionals, you got to have some big dudes, you know, playing exactly. all the linemen and whatever. But oh, man, you're gonna have to. Have somebody. I can't think of anybody. Okay, but off the top of my be. head, that'd be great, but. Because I think it's a couple of the tall guys, like <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see Vince Vaughn play him. Like, but <laughs> wait, but I guess the point I make is whoever plays tall if, guy. If you, I mean, you're 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 from the theater. If you play Big Ben in the movie, if we're doing this movie about the Steelers coming back and win the Super Bowl, it's that big turning moment in the movie, like you see in all good sports movies. Uh, big Ben being in the halftime locker room, going. Guys, we're just not having fun. <laughs> and like you see this realization coming over the whole team going, Yeah, we're not having fun. Let's try and have fun. And they come out and they totally change everything around. I, I oh, mean, yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out what happened. Yes, the Colts stunk in the second half that helped and everything, but I'm trying to figure out what was this transformation. I mean, Big Ben goes from Having you know, is his arm tired? Is he just forcing passes in? And he's like, you know, for half, I'm going to be old Big Ben from ten years ago, and everything's going to be great. I mean, I, I let's start out. I'm trying to figure out what happened. I mean, why did things change so quickly from we stink like we stunk for the past month to yeah, we're old school Steelers. Give us the Super Bowl. I mean, I I, I don't understand. I'm happy, but I don't get what happened. Well, if that's the speech that he gave and that's what worked, uh, I, I love that story. If that's if that's what actually changed it around for him, I mean, uh, it's it's funny. One of the I, I didn't know that story at all. That wasn't something they were telling on the broadcast, but uh, it was it was funny. Their comparisons of great quarterbacks and. You know, well, uh, and yet again, of course, obviously, the the dividing line between great quarterbacks and uh, other quarterbacks is Ben Roethlisberger. Apparently, like he is the he's the person that you set the line. You know, he wins all the Super Bowls and has these great passing yards and does all this great stuff. But wherever he is, is the dividing line between great quarterbacks and you know everybody else. Apparently. Um, but one of the things they were saying is that he may go down as the greatest backyard quarterback of all time. Uh, that his whole style is not having a style. Uh, it is to get into the back and say, hey, you run down there and I'll throw it to you and we're going to have some fun. And that's what they were talking about on the as the announce team. So if that's the actual story, like that goes perfectly with everything that they were saying about Big Ben. And that doesn't bother me at all. I think if you're pl playing a game, somebody should be having some fun. And if it's our team, I love that. Yeah, but they, they could get in that speech in the past four weeks. I guess what I'm saying is, hey, however it happened, yay, they won. I feel so much better going to week 17 than if they got beat 41 to 7 or whatever. It was headed to a halftime. I, I just can't believe yesterday changed just by big ben saying hey guys we're not having fun and the guy's like all right let's have fun and they i mean let's give that speech when they lost to washington let's give that speech where he slept walked to win over baltimore let's give that speech against the Bengals game i mean my goodness if they had 10 percent of fun they could have blew out the Bengals. i mean i, I i'm not calling bs but i'm kind of calling bs there i think it's got to be something more than just that speech I'm trying to process that still. I'm just kind of sitting here like, 
trying to mentally process that speech, and if if that's what happened, and I, I, again, we're just guys living paycheck to paycheck, saying, "Look, you're you're getting millions and millions of dollars to play a game, and you need someone to stand up like you're the the centerpiece of a kindergarten school group, saying, "Hey, let's have fun." Um, that I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn. I, I'm glad. If it worked, great. <laughs> just oh, right. I'm trying to wrap yeah. But can't you see getting getting completely inside of your head? All of the noise is get out there and do your job. Get out there and do your job. Right. Well, that's not fun. Anytime I've ever been reminded that I have to do my job, uh, I'm no longer in that zone. You know, uh, I'm no longer uh, in. Uh, oh gosh, what was it? I'm no longer jazzing. If anybody's seen the movie Soul yet, uh, right. they talk about being in the zone. And that, and the one character calls it jazzing because she's the one that doesn't play jazz. Uh, <laughs> when you're in the zone, even if it's something that you love to do, you cannot be in. The, you can be not in the zone while you do it. And that's what the, the people that we've watched. We've watched bad reads. We've watched people not pay attention enough to that the, they drop a pass. And it's not that they're not talented enough to do it. They got there. They know how to do it. Something's been plaguing them in their and it's usually mental uh i can believe that it's been several different things that it started out with being uh 11 and 0 and letting that get in your head oh this is a team that you definitely should beat oh this is now postponed five days oh now we've played all these different games and you're just not having fun anymore because it's the hardest part of the season with the hardest part of the schedule against a bunch of teams that accidentally got hot at the same time uh including the the Bengals just all of a sudden put it together and things started working and you're just looking at them going I can't believe this is happening and you're pushing harder and harder and harder and so if the wake-up call is hey let's go have fun well, it's, it's true. I mean, I, I it's happened in my jobs too, where sometimes if you're not focused or you come in and you're down, you, you don't perform up to your highest level of expectations. Mm -hmm. I, I just, after watching that blase uh, Steelers for the past month, where it didn't look like they cared, it didn't look like the coaches were getting through to them and everything else, I can't, I'm having a hard time believing it turned on such a dime, where not just that Big Ben played better. But, I mean, the defense was playing great. I mean, it was just like – I mean, you went from crap, hey, we're going to get blown out in the first round of the playoffs to, oh, my goodness, they may have a shot in the AFC. But we'll talk about this later. I mean, I'm not sure – I mean, yeah, the Chiefs and Bills are probably your best teams right now. But I don't think the Chiefs and Bills are unbeatable by any means. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you're going from – at halftime, if we if they stopped the game and we had the podcast at the halftime, we'd be jumping off the cliff going, oh, farewell, Steelers, you're, you're horrible. And now we're going and saying, man, they may have a shot now. I, I, I just can't believe how it turned. And not, and not just, hey, we got better. It went from we stunk to, oh, my goodness, we have a shot now. It was just crazy. I don't know. It yeah. Was <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. I think we're all shocked. I'll, I'll be grumpy, Pittsburgher. It's it, it. Show me again, and then I'll sure. show me against the Browns, and the, then I'll I'll calm down. Um, what are you, I, I would have loved from to see from Drive, but <laughs> you gotta you gotta show me again. What's going on over there in Pittsburgh, <laughs> okay, well, man? 
Well, like they've good. done it all. They've done it for a good portion of the season, and then there was a portion of the season where they were winning but looked bad, and then they looked awful, and now they've put it back together again. We know that that it's in there. We know they can do it. Uh, it's <laughs> there are other circumstances that come into play. This is what we were waiting for. This is what Big Ben said. Hey, we stink. We're gonna. It's gonna take some time. We're gonna. We have some time. It'll be okay. And then the second half of this game, it was okay. It seems weird to us that it took three and a half games to get there, but they're there. And <laughs> next week they're playing the Browns at, for the last game of the season. And really the only question is, do we want the Browns in the playoffs with us? Well, and, and let's talk about that a little bit there. Because we take our little brother along with us so that we can beat them in the playoffs. Well, well, that's I'm the only question that's left. Well, I'll be honest, there's a lot of deeper questions with that. And <laughs> even well, I I really think right now that Brown Stewart have has not been a rivalry for a long time. Yeah. And although I'm sure guys with a ton of experience like a big Ben or Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, yeah, they hold some disdain for Cleveland and everything. But you know, it, it's a different league right now. I mean, you know, there's not gonna be fights on the field or whatever. Well, unless Miles Garrett goes crazy. But one thing is I don't think the teams overly hate each other like they did in the seventies and eighties. But I think there's a bunch of questions let's get to later because seeding, even though the Stewards have a division one even though they can't be the top seed, there's going to be some interesting questions coming out of it saying, you know, the two or three seed, I think it's a bigger deal than people let on. And you know, let's talk about a little bit about that later. Um, but, but first of all, I, I mean, if you go for the positions and, and just so we can talk about, you know, next week, Honestly, it's the same story. I mean, Big Ben, yeah, he looked great yesterday. Uh, was it, like 36 for 49 or something? You know, really good stats, no picks, a couple touchdowns, everything else. Um, I read somewhere that people were saying that in the first half he was kind of forcing the ball in. It really wasn't a question of does he have the arm strength anymore. It kind of like he forced some stuff, and that's why he kind of looked shaky. He looked a little bit more natural and everything. I mean, do you think – other than maybe some miraculous recovery. I mean, that sounds to be probably the easiest way of explaining how it became so much better for him. You think in the second half, I mean, he wasn't forcing things. He just kind of relied on his natural ability and let it rip, right? That's what it looked like. Uh, it, you know, if, if you actually bring it down to that, it looked like he was having fun. It looked like he could see the field better. It looked like his arm was responding to the things that his brain was telling it to do. Uh, in other, in other, these past three games, it looks like it looked like he wasn't seeing the field very well. It looked like he was trying to force the ball into places that it shouldn't go, uh, and all of those reads looked better. The response looked better. The ball seemed to pop a little bit better and get to places. The, the arm strength seemed there when he reared back and started throwing them deep. It was like, oh, yeah, this guy's a professional football player and has been doing this for a really long time. Uh, everything looked sharper from, from his vantage point on the, in the second half. I don't know if he ate his Wheaties or if the speech – convinced himself <laughs> right and, and I, I think paul the thing i i liked about big ben was when you complete a couple long passes and i know it's the nfl you can't throw you can't complete 50 long passes every game but when you complete those long passes it really helped open up the short game and i think that's what they didn't have the last couple of games where you couldn't complete a long pass and because of that, everyone got 
you know, jammed in real tight. Now at the end of the game, I saw them playing off. So now you, you got to complete the seven yard passes. So I think if, you know, we could show we can throw a long pass or get a pass interference early, that would really help in the playoffs. I mean, in the Browns game and whoever we end up playing the playoffs. Yeah, it was so beautiful to see passes longer than two yards. It was yeah. it was really nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that really opened up, man. I, I think that may have been the easiest way of explaining, okay, why was the offense so anemic in the past couple of weeks and why did it look you know good in the second half? I mean, I think that really alone did it. Um, running game, it's interesting. Um, I know, especially Paul and I have been moaning the fact that we don't run the ball well. Pretty much we're saying, heck, we don't need to run the ball. We're good. Um, you know, the old school Steelers fan of me who wants the three yards of cloud dust, and I, I have dreams. I watched a highlight this morning of Jerome Bess, you know, knocking over Brian Urlacher. I'm like, oh, wow, those are the days. Wonderful, wonderful, great days. But those days are gone. I, I mean, I, I think however far we go, it's going to be on Ben's arm, right? I mean, I think there's nothing else you can say. I mean, if we had a Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, uh, we we could talk about a running game, but that's not happening. Joe, do you think they're trying to ease James Conner in? Because James Conner actually had a couple decent runs, but I think he ended up being four for 20. I'm not sure if he's completely back, and maybe the Steelers are just saying, hey, we can't run him 20 times a game, so let's just kind of have him in key moments. Because when he ran, he actually looked good, and he had a couple of catches and everything. It definitely didn't turn the game around, but – I'm wondering if he's not 100% and they're just saying, hey, let's just use him as much as we can in key spots, right? I think that that's really hard to say because every so often we get one of those runs. We get something right. that, you know, he he definitely uh, kicks up that cloud of dust and makes something happen. And he's been handling a lot of the dump off passes from, from Roethlisberger and turning them into something. He can run. It's there. I don't know why it isn't happening in a traditional run looking running game, but you know, he's got some sharpness there. He's able to make some cuts. He's able to knock a couple guys down. It's just not happening in a handoff. It's hand, It's happening in, in that little uh, pass to the side. Well, I guess what I'm saying, too, is, and, and yeah, since we're down at halftime, you had to throw to get back in the game. Um, but honestly, he only had four carries, and he had two catches yesterday. And I'm wondering if the fact he didn't get more touches – Maybe was a sign saying, "Hey, maybe isn't a hundred percent." Because he when he got the touches, he was okay. But like he was on a touch count or something. Yeah, because they, they were trying to get Snell started as well. They got to try to get he him going. Six for O, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in the first half. I think he was still for negative yardage. Um, but I, I'm kind of wondering. Maybe it's a touch count, or maybe it's more just saying, "Let's have him." really rare to go in the fourth quarter. I can't remember. It was a game early in the season where they kind of split carries between Snell and Connor and McFarland early in the game, but then you went to a heavy, heavy Connor at the end of the game, and you ended up winning the game that way. And I remember earlier in the year, I'm like, man, this isn't a bad idea. Um, you know, keep Connor fresh for that fourth quarter. You know, g give some, uh, you know, interesting looks. It, it was weird. I mean, my critique on Connor is I think he's not always stellar, but I like the fact where you don't use him as much, but when you're using him, he's giving you hard running, especially in the fourth quarter. It, it was interesting. And again, I think it was kind of game 
situational. I mean, the fact was the Steelers were losing. You couldn't really run the ball a ton in the second half. But it was just interesting. He didn't get as many touches, but he, but when he got the touches, he actually looked happy. So it was kind of a weird paradox there. So, yeah, and not much else to talk about. McFarland didn't even dress. They said he had an illness issue. Um, you know, like we said, Snell didn't do much of anything. Um, receiving, it was funny. Um, you know, Paul and I earlier this year have argued about who do we think the number one receiver is? And, you know, for a while we thought, man, maybe it's Chase Claypool and everything. Looks like Deontay Johnson, I mean, he got hurt a couple times, but I mean, he got by far the lion's share of the targets. It seems like it's his offense, right, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it, I, hopefully we saw so many of those glitches throughout the season. And if we're – if we can turn a corner and start to make connections, I mean, he, he could be a very explosive guy. Um, so we're seeing some splashes of that. Uh, if As long as Ben can stop dinking him in the back and he can stop dropping, uh, if they can iron out those glitches, uh, he, could be, he could be the guy. And, you know, Joe, one of my frustrations over the past couple of weeks wasn't just the fact the Steelers stunk on the field, but all this crap became big media stories, like the Juju TikTok stuff. And Juju looked good. And you know what? If you look, if he looks good, performs, I don't care. He could dance all over the stadium. He, he could go to my mom's place and, and dance in front of her house. I don't care. Just produce. And I, I, I think he did that. It wasn't even just that he got catches. I mean, there was a time where he was almost like their um, guy to extend the game. I mean, they threw him a couple passes in a row. We got a couple key first downs. And in the, in the absence mm-hmm. of a running game, he almost became that running back they went to in terms of short passes. He really came up, and he had a big touchdown, too. It was a really good game for him. Yeah, I don't know what how much all of that was getting into his head. Uh and that we're just been playing head games for the past three three weeks, but uh, yeah, that definitely blew up into national news and became such a distraction. And I think Tomlin, you know, everybody wants, you know, a head coach to just automatically be able to reach into some of the players' heads and just like puppeteer them. And and, and Tomlin doesn't do that, and that's why I like Tomlin as a coach. Uh, he, he drills things into people's heads. He's a he's an excellent communicator. The the uh, the images he uses when he talks about football, when he talks about his players, when he talks about uh, what it is that needs to be accomplished that day, I think is a, is all the hallmarks of a great leader. And it took him a little while. The general public wanted him to like put the hammer down on Juju and say, "Hey, knock that off." You know, it took him two two and a half weeks to even say, "Yeah, I'll talk to him about it." You know, and, and even then, that's what he's going to do. He's just going to talk to him about it. And he did, and it made sense to Juju, and he said, I'm not going to do it this week. Uh, it just puts somebody in a different headspace, and I think that was something that he needed as much as anybody else did. Uh, I, I I don't want this to be all seem like magic on the Steelers' part. I don't know what was going through Indy's head in terms of how they changed defense in the second half. It can't have all just been the magic speech, the uh, the Disney right. speech that was made at halftime. Uh, there were some changes going on, and I don't know why. Uh, sometimes somebody's doing something well, and they just kind of can't believe that, that it, that's going to keep working. Um, but there was more room. Uh, they had to start backing up once Ben started throwing more deep balls. 
uh, they changed up enough stuff that gave them the space they needed for somebody like Juju to, to, uh, to make those catches and get those downs. And he's turning into that kind of receiver for the Steelers. I, I agree. If I'm a Colts fan today, I'd be furious because it's not just, wow, the Steelers played much better. It's like, man, what happened to us? If you're a Colts fan. Swing from, play, from almost second seed down to out of the playoffs. Right. From that second well, half. Yeah, and I thought, too, I don't know. I mean, Philip Rivers is right now a decent bridge quarterback. Like if, you know, Ben at the end of this year says, okay, I'm done. You know, I'd rather hang out with my family and everything. You know, I think Philip Rivers could be a one-year quarterback. But I think Philip Rivers has shown he's not a Super Bowl quarterback. He's a guy that's good enough to keep a playoff team in the playoffs, which he did for the Colts. I mean, I think the Colts went his way. They're like, hey, we're a good team. I think we have a veteran quarterback. We could stay a good team. And Rivers did that. But Rivers showed yesterday. It just, I mean, it wasn't overall, you know, he's not a Super Bowl quarterback. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but before we get there, um, I think offensively, are hoping that love, that love is going to be their guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or if Andrew Luck could ever come back. <laughs> but I don't know. If he changes his mind. <laughs> Doubt it. What account? <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't think it's going to be the case either. Hey, a correction. This is why I need to do this podcast while looking at a stat sheet because I wasn't. Um, Connor actually got the ball five times for 20 yards, and he actually get, had five catches for 45. So still not the touches of a the bellwether guy to see as I like to use, but he got the ball a little bit more than average than I thought. Right. So I definitely stand corrected on that. Um, and, hey, you know, Chase Claypool and four for 54, not bad. James Washington, two for 20, not bad. I, you know, I think they still got potential. I mean, they didn't get as many catches because uh, Juju and Deontay did good. Even Eric Ebron. I don't think Eric Ebron's had a stellar year. But look what he does. He was five for 45 in the touchdown. I mean, you know, he's not going to be that Travis Kelsey type or whatever. But, you know, they're producing from a tight end. I don't know if he's worth the money they spent for him, but hey, I, I'm satisfied. I, I like the fact we now have a Titan that produces where we didn't have it last year. So I, I'm happy with Ebron. Um, the offensive line, they gave a lot more protection to Big Ben. Uh, Kevin Dotson came back. Uh, yesterday he was hurt. Uh, I read a tweet somewhere saying he did not even allow one defensive pressure, like where you know he gets beat in the play. So I, I think that's huge. Um, the line. You know, hey, if we're making excuses for Big Ben, I think this is a good one. The line wasn't giving me enough time. And I think yesterday, overall, they gave him enough time, especially in the second half. And that's really helped Big Ben out. So I, I give the line kudos. And, you know, the, the running game, like I said, we're just going to have to let it go. And hopefully the Steelers can <laughs> write the ship for next year. But I think we're not going to run the ball this year, I guess. But whatever. Hopefully Big Ben can stay out for the next couple weeks. And, we can go somewhere. Yeah, 2020 is uh, a weird year, and the Steelers aren't yes. running the ball. <laughs> well, and, and I'm thinking, and, and we can talk after the season. We'll have like a draft, like who they need to go for. It's always good running backs. So yeah, let's get maybe a second or third round pick. I don't know who's out there. I'm not saying who will be there in the second round, but usually there's good running backs, so and hopefully we can get something happen. Um, Paul, like I said, a little distracted yesterday with the organization I was doing and everything. Was what was going on for Steelers defense in the first half? Was it just 
you know, the Steelers weren't really moving the ball so they're on the field more and they got a little bit tired. Was it that, you know, Rivers isn't a great quarterback, but Rivers just had a good first half? Uh, what was going on? They give 21 the first half. What happened overall? What do you think? You know what? I I completely ignored the first half because I listened to that opening drive when I took my son to work and I was like, no, not having it. And okay. uh, kept checking back in. But I, I, what really discouraged me was going into this, knowing that the Colts were down their two starting tackles. And yeah. it's like, we should be eating this line to pieces. And it wasn't happening. So I, that was, that really deflated me. And heading into halftime with the score, I'm like, yep, I see where this is going. And all of a sudden on Facebook, Joe's getting excited. I'm like, Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to watch a game for Joe, with Joe because even if they're not doing well, you can just turn it off. Well, it, it was the Bengals thing. I, I got tired. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to turn something on. Well, I was looking at my laptop and, and Joe's things popped up. And, you know, Joe had a positive thing. I'm like, oh, maybe I should check it out. I like that, Joe. We need not just for Steelers games, but we need other things in life <laughs> that we're worried about. We don't have to watch. Joe could just give us his little Facebook feed updates, and wouldn't even be the classic Twitter update where he's saying the news. It just if he sounds positive, you're like, oh man, maybe I could check this out again. Maybe things are good. So, yeah, I like that. I like having Joe in the in the chat like that. It's good. <laughs> well, I yeah, can't well, always be that guy in life, but I can. But every once in a while, I can stick yeah. out a, a Steelers game a little bit longer. <laughs> okay, all right. So, well, uh, what do you? I can see us go to the Super Bowl, and we'll be down twenty-eight nothing at the end of the first quarter, and Joe will be like, "Hey, we're just feeling them out. Just be patient. It's gonna be all right." <laughs> well, it's true. Defensively, I was just gonna say they made a pretty interesting uh, uh, adjustment at halftime. Okay. Uh, they changed Minka's position. I think they brought him down a little bit more. Uh, they were playing him back because they were expecting Rivers to be throwing a lot of this long stuff. So Rivers took what he got and and started, you know, dropping him in a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit shorter. Uh, so they changed Minka's position and uh, and it filled that hole. Uh, and it gave him a little less clear view about what Minka was doing because he would come in for the read and then still drop back into his position, and sometimes he would stay up. Uh, and, and that just changed Rivers' view of everything and okay. made him second-guess some things. And the, if the ball is a little bit off, then suddenly it's an incompletion or it's an interception instead of uh, easy completions. Well, I can see that. I also think, too, they're, they're blitz was a lot better in the second half too, which, so you're right. I mean, if, if Rivers isn't seen clearly down the field and Minka, you know, being in different spots was confusing him. Also second half Rivers didn't have as much time to throw it, which really helped. Yeah. I was really impressed yeah. by that, you know, blitz in the second half, especially um, saw a lot of tweets. Um, they were showing TJ Watt who had a good game. He has 14 sack yesterday, but TJ Watt was being held all over the place. There was one where the lineman had his like arm around his neck and you could see TJ Watt still going by him. And it was funny. I, I tweeted something about this. Um, Lots of Colts in their press conference were really angry at the officials, but I think the Steelers had good reason to be angry too because there's a lot of holding, especially on, on Mr. T.J. Watt. So, uh, but I was being upset that there were so many pass interference calls. But it would be right. not, it, one way of avoiding that for the Colts is to stop pass interfering quite so much. 
Well, and you got <laughs> to the point where, you know, like we said, you know, Ben completed some long passes that opened up the short game for him, and it made it tougher to defend receivers, so they had to interfere a lot, you know, to try to stop him. Because if you're not interfering, there could have been more touchdowns coming up. I mean, it, it happened. And, you know, Alex Highsmith, I mean, you know, he's thrown in a tough spot. He's a rookie. You know, Bud Dupree's out for the year. But I noticed on that late interception that Mike Hilton had that helped him win the game. You know, Highsmith had a nice rush from Rivers, too. So I like seeing his development. He's definitely not Bud Dupree. Uh, assuming Bud Dupree doesn't come back next year, it's going to be a little bit of a adjustment period and something to come up with. But I like how Highsmith's playing. I mean, I think that play he made yesterday definitely helped Rivers force the pass, which led to Hilton's interception. So I, I liked I liked seeing that. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Pittsburgh had the ball more in the second half, and that helped. I think one of the things in the first half that hurt was when they couldn't move the ball, and you're on the field half the first half, it, it's going to hurt, you know. And I think Rivers had a good first half. Rivers had a terrible second half. And that's Phil Rivers. He's a good quarterback. He's definitely not Big Ben, and I think he showed it yesterday. I think for Highsmith, it's nice seeing his progression because I think he's – He's going to that transition of instead of just trying to focus on his assignment, he's maybe blossoming more into just, you know, just play the game uh, and don't be so focused. Uh, is, you know, I mean, TJ doesn't have to think about his assignment. He just wreaks havoc, and Dupree can do that. And obviously, as a rookie, he's going to take some time with that. But uh, – I'm feeling better about Highsmith moving forward. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, uh, please, bud, don't leave. Um, I still feel that way. Please, bud. Please, bud, don't leave. Don't leave. I would like to see Dupree come back if possible. I, I just really don't. Th- I mean, as soon as they are up against the cap-wise, I would assume, no matter how Ben ends up here, like if Ben plays awful or if he plays great, I could see him taking a restructured contract to come back. Because right now, if he doesn't, it's a $41 million cap hit. But even if Ben restructures his contract, leaving more space, the Steelers are still up against the cap-wise. So I don't see Bud coming back. I wish he would. But Bud's going to have to take a ton less money to be able to fit. Now, let me bring this up. And, again, we're copyrighted with the NFL. If we didn't care we and – we utilized Joe Frost's money to help pay our lawsuits. I'd say, screw it. Let's play a lot of video from the NFL, but obviously we can't. But let me talk about this quote because J.J. Watt, the the Texans lost yesterday to the Cincinnati Bengals. And now, again, Joe's singing the praises of the Bengals defense. He's saying, hey, they're the, they're the 85 Bears. He's like, they're wonderful. Well, the Bengals won a shootout, <laughs> you know. So, yes, they won. Good for the Bengals, but you know the defense didn't play out well yesterday. But did you see the the diatribe by JJ Y after the game? And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up right now. He was calling out the Texans because he said, "Hey, you know, these fans are devoting their time, their energy when they're buying their jerseys and everything else. We're not putting a good enough product on the field for them. I mean, the Texans lost; they lost to the Bengals. They're four and eleven now." Um, you know, they were a decent team last year. They made a weird trade where they traded DeAndre Hopkins for nothing and everything else. So I bring this up because Pittsburgh fans, you know, we have, you know, Derek White. We have TJ White. And people are like, man, wouldn't the world be right 
you know, Jesus, uh, he didn't mention the Watts in, in the Bible, but, you know, there was an inference that he, he didn't want to shock everybody and say, hey, there's going to be American football and this is going to happen. But, you know, some Steelers fans are probably thinking we talked about the signs of the times, the end of the world. He said there'll be three Watt brothers playing in Pittsburgh or whatever. You know what I mean? And he probably didn't say it because, you know, people in the Bible times are like, what are you what are you talking about? Houston Texans? Whatever. And I'm just kidding. I'm not being sacrilegious here. But it, it's funny because people took to that and think that everything's going to be okay if J.J. Watt comes to Pittsburgh. Now, again, we may not have Bud Dupree next year, but I don't see that happening because J.J. Watt would have to take so little money to come to Pittsburgh, right? I wouldn't rule that out. Well, do you think if he'd he be take- willing to take less money to come play with his brothers? Right. I mean, that's, that can know, be a motivating factor to come in, you know, have fun. I looked at the stats, and I think too many Steelers fans are playing like Madden 14 and saying, <laughs> dang, you know, J.J. Watt was great on that game. Because the last couple of years, he has six sacks this year, which is okay. I mean, it's better than often than other people. But, I mean – he had five sacks a year before. And yeah, he's had 20, uh, but he had a four or five year stretch of like 10 to 20 sacks, but that was like 12 to 15. It wasn't anytime soon. So I think it'd be a wonderful story. I think if he plays for the minimum, I, I just don't know if one, I think somebody out there would offer more money. And I, I think that, I don't think he's a free agent. That's assuming he would get cut in a cap move. So yeah, actually tell me if I'm wrong. If it came down to Alex Highsmith and J.J. Watt on a reduced contract, would you go for Highsmith or Watt? I take J.J. for a year or two. Yeah, I think you probably would too. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of football knowledge to bring in and to pass around to other people as well. It, it's people playing around him. Uh, I think that I think that might be worth it. And I really think it might be a minimum or like a two, three million dollar contract if it works. And which sounds ridiculous that he would take that. But again, his brothers are playing there. He's close to his brothers. Maybe he would take a lot less money for a chance to play for his brothers. And assuming that the Steelers have a contending team next year. So But I also think that you're right. If there was if there was availability there, there's gonna be a lot of other places that are gonna throw a lot more money at him just because he's gonna put butts in seats and sell jerseys. Uh, and so that's the part of football that I think it would probably be difficult for him to get to the Steelers because they're not going to dangle money at him. Well, that's the other thing, too. I, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Oh, just, I mean, uh, he, he's made a, a good bit of coin in his career. Um, but at this stage of his career, knowing that he's kind of in the, the twilight of his career, uh, how much does he weigh money compared to – Hey, maybe me and my brothers can get uh, some hardware together. So maybe it has something to do with how this season plays out. Well, and, and would playing with his brothers a reduced contract be more appealing than playing in uh, the Chiefs with a reduced contract, right? Because at least he's playing with his brothers with the Steelers, right? Well, I think the Chiefs put him in position for a ring. Right. I mean, they're yeah. they are the magnet right now. They are the home for wayward people who just want rings. They want to go play for the Chiefs. They're like, I'll be the fourth string whatever because I still get the same ring. 
Uh, well, hey, it's like playing for the Lakers right now. It's the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody wants to play for the Lakers. Right. All of a sudden, Le'Veon Bell shows up at your door at, in Kansas City going, I could play football. And you're like, why? I don't need you. Uh, you know, somebody who used to play well. Um, yeah. Same like AB showing up in Tampa Bay. I would like to go anywhere where the Tom Brady is, please. Well, it would be interesting. I mean, I guess the only reason why I bring it up is I think that we're seeing at the end of the season what it looks like a linebacker core with. I mean, I, I think what made T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree so special together was they kind of took the pressure off each other. And right. I think nothing gets Alex Highsmith, but it's his first year. I mean, rookies are going to struggle. I think he's done some good things. I think he's done some things that make you say, hey, he's just a rookie. But it would be nice if somehow we can get a guy to bookend T.J. Watt better next year. Mm-hmm. I, and who knows? I mean, are we allowed to franchise Bud Dupree again? Maybe we try to franchise just to keep that bookend together. Because I, I, I think if there's a way you could do that or a way that you can coax the 2014 J.J. Watt back, which maybe playing with his brothers would, if you could have that bookend defense, I mean, it makes your defense better. It makes T.J. Watt even better than he is right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think that's going to be one of the interesting stories to follow for the Steelers in the offseason. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, everyone said, hey, maybe J.J. Watt's not happy. J.J. Uh, Watt was a good enough professional not to complain about, but he went off yesterday, <laughs> and it's pretty clear that he's disappointed with how his team's doing. I'll tell you guys, it takes a Bengals loss to do that to you. J.J. Watt felt like how we felt last week after we lost to the <laughs> Bengals. I mean, we just have wears on you. We have to change what we are doing. Yes, you start <laughs> screaming at everybody. But, well, it was like us, remember? You know, Friday I called you guys and said, let's have fun. And you guys it galvanized. Like, Woo! It was great. And you turned it wonderful. So thank goodness. It works for everything in life. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, Special teams, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, Chris Boswell missed the game. Anybody know if he's coming back? I mean, is he okay? I didn't know you was that hurt. Um, it was was it a groin injury? If I'm not I think mistaken, so. yeah, because he was hurt and missed the game earlier in the year. He came back. I don't know if he re-aggravated injury or what was happening. It kind of surprised me. I don't think it really made a difference in the game. I mean, Matthew Wright didn't win the game or lose the game. It'd just be nice to see if Bowser could be back for the playoffs, right? Yeah, it did. It, I wasn't getting the impression it was anything earth shattering. Um, I'm, you know, not not to go back to last week's mode, but I, you know, if he needs a couple weeks to get good, uh, back to hundred uh, percent, go for it. Uh, we don't have to win this week. Uh, we have to win in the playoffs. So, Chris, if you need an extra week to get strong, take that week. I don't need an extra week. I know you're talking about Chris Boswell. You always said Chris. I'm like, wow, is it me? <laughs> yeah, I need an extra week, guys. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna rest next week, and we'll be back for the. Uh, yeah, it, it, um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, Matthew Wright, he didn't do anything bad. It was funny. 
I've run up on Matthew Wright, and they say he's a more accurate kicker than a lengthy kicker. And there was some argument at the end of the game when they're like, "Well, maybe they should kick a field goal. It's like a sixty-yard field goal he would have yeah. tried." I'm like, no, yeah, like, no, 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 or just something. He's like, mm, right. I don't think so. Not yeah, on your first day. Not in Heinz Field. I think he was even pointing towards the bad end. It was like, no, right. this isn't. This isn't a good idea. I think Tony Roma got excited. I'm like, settle down, Tony. It's okay. We don't we don't have sea bass as a kicker. It's fine. But <laughs> no, it was good. All right. Well, before we talk about next week, because there's a lot going on there. Um, some of the games I found interesting. The Chiefs, guys, they scare me. I don't think they're unbeatable. They barely beat the Falcons, and the Falcons kicker is usually really good. He had to miss a 39-yard field goal late in the game. Heartbreaker. Yeah, it looked like it was going in, and it kind of took a weird turn at the end. I'm not sure how you could kick it that way, but did that. So the Chiefs won their – I mean, I hate this 17 playoff. I miss the old school days where we had two teams that got the buys in the first round. Now we only have one buy, and the Chiefs took that uh, because they won the game. So obviously that's one less thing that the Steelers have to worry about next week. But, yeah, they won. Um, one other game we got to watch tonight. It's going to be interesting. The Bills play the Patriots. They go to New England. Um, if they win, they'll be back in the number two seed position because they're tied with Pittsburgh. They got the tiebreaker because they beat the Steelers a couple weeks ago. So we got to wear a Patriots hats. Quick, guys, do you think the Patriots stand a chance tonight? It's at New England. <laughs> I mean, New England has Cam Newton as quarterback now. That would scare me if I'm a New England fan. As much as I want the number two, that's going to be tough. (laughs) Yeah, I think think the Bills are in a position to handle their business. uh... And here's what I'm thinking. I mean, the Steelers played really crappy when they went up to Buffalo. And and Buffalo would be pretty handily. I'm, I would feel better, and, and let's look at possible playoff scenarios. It looks like Pittsburgh and Buffalo somewhere is going to be two and three seed. I mean, so assuming both of them win the first round, I'd rather see Buffalo at Pittsburgh. But you think Pittsburgh has a chance if they go up to Buffalo, which would probably be what happens based on what we're looking at in the upcoming games. It depends what Steelers show up. Right. First half Steelers or second half Steelers? Fun Steelers or no fun Steelers? Okay. <laughs> Joe, do you feel better? I mean, you know, Buffalo won the game a couple weeks ago, but, you know, that was when Pittsburgh was playing junkie. I mean, do you think Pittsburgh yeah, I think if we're in a better, Buffalo either way? I think if we're in our better headspace, if we're, you know, what whatever this was, uh, if they've put it together and can keep it together like they have and were in the second half, I don't think there's very many teams that can withstand the Steelers. I think a Steelers second half Steelers yesterday take apart the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Yesterday's Kansas City Chiefs. If you put those teams against each other yesterday, the Steelers come out with a win. Yeah. Uh, So we just have to keep playing like that. Then I think we can beat anybody. And, you know, we always moan when, you know, Pittsburgh barely beats teams. But I can't say – I read somewhere – and they've won a bunch of games in a row, but they've all been within one touchdown. And they beat good teams. I mean, they're not just beating crappy teams. But, again, they play Atlanta at home. 
And I know home field advantage doesn't mean quite as much without the fans being there. But still, man, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm not happy about yesterday. I, I mean, I would think, man, we should have taken care of these guys a little bit easier than we did. And they almost lost. I mean, you know, if they kicked that field goal, and, and that guy's probably the best kicker in the NFC, he should have made that. Who knows? The Chiefs may have lost. And, and that, man, if they lost, Pittsburgh could have had a chance to be getting the home field. <laughs> you know, so very strange. You know, a very strange game. Um, you know, we talked about the Bengals. Only reason why we care is wondering what happened with the Steelers last week and J.J. Watt yelling and screaming. But the game of the week, because, guys, one of my fears after last week was if the Browns won and the Steelers lost and we would flex this NBC game to Sunday night and next week's game would have been for a division. It, I, I just couldn't have watched it. I've been like, I would have had to watch something else. But the Browns helped because – one of the linebackers got COVID. The linebacker of COVID must have been best friends of the whole wide receiver room. I don't know if they all hung out. But because of that, you know, the top four receivers didn't play. And the Browns lost. And, you know, the Browns are still in decent position to make the playoffs. They have to beat Pittsburgh, though. But they're kind of on the rocks now. What did you think about that game? I mean, obviously the Browns are un- undermanned and everything. But, geez, that was kind of crazy. I just want to say to my Cleveland friends that when you mock us for losing to bad teams because we're decimated with uh, injuries and whatnot, don't expect sympathy when you don't have your best receivers and you get beat by the Jets. goes both ways. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, and you know, for a while, (laughs) yeah, I had the the Sears game on my phone and the Browns game on TV because crap Columbus TV wants to show us the Browns. Come on, Columbus TV. Got to call them out. Come on, TV 10. But, you know, I got to tell you, I was nervous for a while because the Browns started to come back, and I'm like, oh, man, it's going to happen. We're not going to beat the Colts, and they're going to beat the Jets, and it's going to be rough. I mean, they could have still won that game. And, yeah, I understand they didn't have the receivers. I understand if they had the receivers, it could be a different game. But, man, if you're a Brown, you have to win that game somehow. I, I mean, I, I still think that's a winnable game, even with all of those receivers. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. That, 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 very little excuse. I mean, you've got Nick Chubb, who did barely anything. I mean, you, you've got to win that game. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? Do you think I mean, Brown's had any chance? Uh, it's, it's hard to do this when all of the normal people are not in their place. This is hard to do. Uh, I don't make any excuses for them. I'm thrilled that they lost it. it, uh, (laughs) Like Paul said, there's just way too many people I know from Cleveland. I'm from the Cleveland area too. So, uh, I know way too many people who were jumping up and down and thrilled at, uh, the Steelers looking, looking rough for the past couple of weeks for me to really feel bad for the Browns. But uh, uh, yeah, you, 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 that's one of those games where if you're going to talk trash about being a contender and having the door still open, and Miles Garrett uh, uh, sent that tweet out, uh, then you got to handle your business, and they didn't. I really thought DeBron still would have won the game ten to seven. If we had to make picks, like we were doing this on Sunday morning, and we were saying, "Okay, all these guys were out," I would have said it would have been a horrifying game to watch. If Bradshaw did probably set football back fifty years, but the Browns won a low-scoring game, and, and they couldn't win. And I think that was really uh, rough for them. Um, 
And, you know, and, and we'll talk about this next week's game in just a second, but it sets up an interesting position for the Browns because the Browns are seventh seed right now. So when you look at who has a chance of making the playoffs, what could knock the Browns off is they're the second worst chances of making it with this tiebreaker. Like Miami right now is in the fifth seed, and that kind of tells you that Miami – is good. I mean, even if Miami loses, there could be a team or two that loses with them and they could keep them in the playoffs. The Browns, they're the last seed right now. And the Colts, and I'll tell you, that's how bad that loss was with the Colts. Not just they blew that big lead, but right now, since he's ended today, they're out. Now, the Colts have a decent chance because the Colts are playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville lost. The Jets won. So Jacksonville's got the number one seed. I mean, the number, the number one seed. I mean, the number no, one pick in the draft. So yeah. no matter what happens. So Jacksonville, I, I think that game is at Indianapolis. Jacksonville Indianapolis plays the last week of the, the season. You know, Colts win. I mean, do you have any, any chance the Colts lose that? I, maybe we find out if Jacksonville is really bad or they just really wanted Trevor Lawrence and we'll <laughs> Right, but but I guess what I'm saying is if you're, both they're both bad and they want Trevor Lawrence. Right, but uh, what I'm saying is <laughs> but more than just Jacksonville, if you're the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts, you have to win that game. I mean, you, and it doesn't matter if you win by 50 or you win by 1, you've got to win that game to have a chance for the playoffs. And I the thing that's see, been put in the back of your head is you can't play the first half and then bench everybody to rest for the playoffs. You can't right. you can't dominate yeah. the first half and, and think you're gonna coast because you just got beat exactly like that. Well, well the Colts gotta play a game like it's a Super Bowl. I mean so I guess the point I'm trying to make is yeah, anything's possible. I'm not saying I wouldn't bet all the money in the world on the Colts win that game, but I feel pretty good the Colts are gonna win that game. What I'm saying is as a Browns fan, and we're gonna talk in a second about how the Steelers approach that game, but as a Browns fan if they win, they're in, from what I understand. If they lose that game, I don't see Indianapolis losing to Jacksonville. If you lose that game and Indianapolis wins, the Browns are out. And Indianapolis is beating Jacksonville, in my opinion. So, I mean, this game means a ton to the Browns right now. Yeah. I mean, this is everything for Cleveland. Um, so, looking at from a Pittsburgh side – what do you think about resting guys? I mean, you've got Deontay Johnson. He's a young guy, but he got banged up 50 different times. It might be nice if he got a week. You got the whole thing about Ben. Now, Joe, you say, hey, he had it in him. He showed up in the second half. But you can make the argument saying they haven't been in sync. So it would be nice for them to get a couple more reps of playing well and everything else, and they're, they're doing well. Because if you just bench Ben next game and say, hey, you're going to rest – you're taking a lot of chances to go in the playoffs saying, okay, are they that second half team in sync? Because if you don't show that you're going to get boat raced by somebody. So if you're Mike Tomlin, what happens? I mean, you're second or third seed. I guess the only argument to make for winning that game is I think you'd look better if you're the second seed and your third seed with a second round game against Buffalo. I mean, I guess here's what I would hope. It's not going to happen. Buffalo's going to beat New England tonight. But my hope is New England can upset Buffalo tonight where all you have to do is win that game next week in your second seed. I'd love for that to happen. And that way I could say, hey, you play the starters more, you get that lead, you get that win against Cleveland, now you have number two seed. But chances are it's not going to happen. I mean, Buffalo will beat New England tonight, and you're going to be in a position where the only way you can get to number two seed if – 
Buffalo loses next weekend, Pittsburgh wins. So, well, Joe, we'll start with you. Do you think um, – would you rest the guys? And who would you rest? Ooh, that's a, such a tough call because sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier, you know, a little while ago. <clears throat> it's a decision about whether or not you want to help the Browns uh, get into the playoffs or not. Um, do you do you want to help them end that drought? Do you want the Browns there uh, and, and, and then take it easy, rest a bunch of guys, and take that risk that you lose the game letting the Browns get into the playoffs? Or do you play it through and, you know, shut down the Browns season and end up with the Colts back in? It's who, who we, at this point, you're in a position to start picking your opponents for the playoffs and who, who do you want in the mix and who do you not want in the mix? I mean, I think for our purposes, for our team purposes, I think resting people is probably good. We're a rhythm team. So it's a little scary, like you say, to, to let Ben rest an entire game and not get it, get that rhythm going, especially when there's a couple new guys around. Um, but I think you'd probably, you definitely rest Ben. You, you, you may rest, uh, I don't know, there may be a couple of linemen. Um, yeah, Johnson, with his, if he really does have the ankle or, or knee thing that uh, he was limping around with yesterday. Um, yeah, there's there's logic in doing it. I don't feel like the Steelers ever, ever do that. Tomlin doesn't like to do that. Uh, he, he, you have 16 games and he likes to play all 16. So we'll see what happens, but I don't, I don't know. But there were a couple of recent years, and remember, Pittsburgh used to play Cleveland a lot when Pittsburgh was good and Cleveland was bad. I mean, I remember a couple of recent years where Landry Jones had some wins at the end of the year, you know, for the Steelers against the Browns. So yeah, they may not rest the whole team, but they they have rested Ben before. Paul, I don't know. I mean, I agree with Joe. I'm not sure about picking your opponents because right now I'm not sure if the if there is a preferred po- opponent for the Steelers right now, I mean, I'm not sure if there's a huge difference is if we played the Colts or the Browns or, or even the Ravens. And, and we, I mean, how do you look at this next week on who plays or who doesn't play? You know, I normally I would say, yeah, I, I think a lot of these guys deserve a week off. Uh, my fear is in doing that. You, could lose the momentum you built in that second half. Uh, I kind of want to see them carry that on and keep that rhythm going into the playoffs. But at the same time, I don't want to risk something stupid happening and not having been for the playoffs. So I I think that's really – I'm going to trust Tomlin to sit down with the guys and figure out what's really best. The one thing I don't want is to let the Browns in the playoffs for them to turn around and kick us out of the playoffs. Um, I think there's nothing tastier than to see the Browns have their best season in years and have us slam the door on their playoff hopes. Um, so it's a tough call. I, I can see it go either way. Um, I don't want to see us lose our momentum. After, if if these three losses were sprinkled throughout the season, I would say, yeah, definitely uh, rest guys. But having that horrible streak and almost seeing it go into a fourth game – uh, I'd really feel a lot better if we can start off the first half, build on what we did, and maybe at halftime you say, hey, you know what, if they come back and win, so be it. But we're going to give some guys a, a break. Uh, I, I'm torn. See, I've changed it to a political moderate. You know, I used to be definitely one way, and now I'm kind of looking 
probably a little bit more right than left, I'm about more in, in the middle. I, I, I agree with Paul. I want to be moderate in the way I'm looking at this because I think it's problematic if you say, screw it, let's play everybody, we're going to play to win, whatever happens, happens. If you know they get hurt, whatever. I want to see the Sewage start the starters, but treat it like a preseason game where I want to feel comfortable with how they're doing. So if they march down the field to have a touchdown the first drive, I'm like, all right, great. We're still in sync. That's good. Let's pull the starters. You know, whatever happens, the rest of the game happens. If we struggle like we usually do with Randy Fickner and we, you know, fart around for the first quarter, quarter and a half, playing for a quarter, quarter and a half, but once they start driving the ball, take them out, no matter what the score is. If we're up, we're down. I kind of like that, and I just want to have that confidence when they say, all right, we're good, everything's fine, where you're not going in the first half of a playoff game, and if you're farting around, you're like, oh, well, you know, the Colts, that was just a, you know, one – time issue. So, yeah, I kind of like that. Treat it like a preseason game. I mean, selfishly, Joe, I'm with you. I don't like the Browns. I want the Steelers to ruin the Browns' chances. But I really think, I mean, Mike Tomlin likes Kevin Stefanski. I I don't know if Mike Tomlin ever liked Freddie Kitchens. So, yeah, I mean, I think Tomlin doesn't like the Browns from the aspect of it's been, you know, he's played against them for 17 years. I'm not sure, though, if he's like, boy, I want to get them out of the playoffs. I mean, I think for us, you know, we'd love to see that happen. So I, I don't know if it's as big of a deal for the players. Now, maybe Marquise Pouncey and DeCastro and Mason Rudolph after what happened to them last year by that vagrant Miles Garrett who, you know, stormed after them. Yeah, maybe they, they would find a an appeal for knocking the Browns out. I, I just don't know overall if, if it's there. And, hey, if the Browns still stay in the playoffs, wouldn't it be sweet to knock the Browns off in the playoffs again? Uh, you remember um, the Akrabika Journal ran a story of the weekend talking to Kelly Holcomb, you know, saying, hey, this is the last Browns playoff quarterback. And he kind of gave some advice to Baker Mayfield and everything else. Or remember what happened in the last Browns playoff game, you know, Kelly Holcomb – Gave the Browns a big lead against the Steelers, and the Steelers came storming back. So wouldn't that be fun if somehow the Browns made the playoffs and the Steelers slammed the door in them? Wouldn't that be great? I would That'd still rather see us say, no, it's us and the Ravens at the adult table. You and the Bengals still at the kids' table. No playoffs for you. See, I have a dream. If they do it the way I do it, which they don't. I mean, I like Mike Tomlin, but every time I give Mike Tomlin advice, he doesn't take it. I don't think Mike Tomlin, I would agree, see eye to eye if we ever hung out personally or if I was a coach or whatever. But here's my dream. I want, let's say the Steelers look good. They get a touchdown or two in the first half. You know, Tomlin pulls Big Ben and says, okay, we're good. Let's see how it goes. The Browns take a late lead. Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. Mason drives him down the field. He does a naked bootleg on like a fourth and goal from the one. He's running against Miles Garrett. Garrett's the only one that could touch him. And, you know, big stiff arm from Mason Rudolph. He runs in the end zone. Steelers win with Mason Rudolph, and the Browns get knocked out of the playoffs. Wouldn't that be sweet? If Mason Rudolph can't outrun Miles Garrett, it's terrifying. Well, that's why it's a dream. And, and if, you, if you're doing a naked bootleg with Mason Rudolph, that's not good. But, I mean, it's just a dream. I mean, I, I, I want – and I'm not saying – look, I, I want him to win on the field. I'm not saying Mason Rudolph should take Miles Garrett's helmets off and start beating him up with a helmet. No, I want the win on the field. not a good idea either. Yes. 
<laughs> yes, that, that, that'll be rough. But no, it, it should be good. I, I'm just happy that this game didn't get flexed. I'm happy that it's a one o'clock game. And I'm happy that this game doesn't desperately mean as much as Steelers as it could have. So yeah, I'm in a good I'm in a good place today, guys. I mean now 2.30 yesterday when we were down 24-7, I've been like, oh, my gosh, this could be an awful day. But, yeah, hey, I'm feeling better. I'm with Paul. Show it to me twice. I'm not convinced. After watching that first half, I'm like a Dalian Thomas. I'm like, come on, you got to show me a little bit more. So hopefully the Steelers can show a little bit more next week. Now, I want to do some picks, but it's going to be kind of hard because – we don't know for sure as of this moment. We're taping this at 11 a.m. on a Monday. What, Paul, what's your pick? Maybe we give two picks. Let's give a pick if we play everybody, and let's give a pick if we rest Ben and whoever else we choose to rest. You know, I, I feel like both teams right now are hard to pin down. Um I, I do like that the Browns got humbled because they were kind of becoming the arrogant, obnoxious little guys. Um, if we if we play our guys, uh, we should win. Uh, it may not be pretty or a blowout like it was earlier. Um, we should get the win. Um, if we rest guys, I think we've still got a good shot. Uh, as long as we can keep Nick Chubb under control. Um, but I think the Browns are going to put it all on the line. Uh, if, if we're resting our guys, I think the Browns will probably edge it out just because they're they're playing for their lives. So no Mason Rudolph <laughs> defeats the Browns' <laughs> dreams. <laughs> no naked Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> naked Mason Rudolph bootleg. <laughs> we, we may need the title of the show that, yeah. I, I tried in our last episode to make a reference to Marcus Allen and you know everything. You, you know, you gotta get people listening in some way. So maybe a naked Mason Rudolph bootleg. Yeah, na- na- Mason Rudolph bootleg. Yeah, we're not explosive show. We're not talking about other naked Mason yeah, Rudolph. Talking about title. the bootleg. That's not where a you're running anymore. alone across the field without no block. That's what I'm saying. All kinds of very disappointed traffic. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> the disappointed woman that uh, Steeler fans are in love with Mason Rudolph. I, I could probably count them on one hand, but I, I we'll see. I don't know. They may be out there. All right, so Joe, how about you? I think the same with thing. With I think if the Steelers play everybody and play a game, it may not be a super blowout, but I still think they could probably uh, – they'll they'll run it up and then run out clock. So I think it might be, you know, the Steelers by 10. Um, if – if we rest people, I think I think the Browns find a way to pull it out. That's just that's the choice that I think that Tomlin has. Um, it's it's do we want the win or not? Uh, I I don't think that our you know third string people, which who is even left on the third string? You rest too many people, and then we we only we only have eight people on the field. Um, <clears throat> so I, I I feel like we either play the game to play the game. And we win, or we or we don't, and we end up giving it away. I the more I'm thinking about it as we're talking about this, I can't imagine Big Ben plays the whole game. I know Big Ben sometimes will push for him to play. I think he realizes, and I don't even think it's a sink issue. 
I just see says why. You know, why why should I play the whole game? I can see him maybe playing part of the game either way. I still think the Steelers can come up and get the win. I think this game with the Jets did a number to the Browns. Because if you look at it, all the Browns had to do was win by one point. And they were coming back. They had a chance. I think Baker Mayfield had three fumbles. If he had one fumble, Browns could have won that game. And how would you – I mean, Joe, if you're Baker Mayfield, how, how are you thinking going into this game, going, yeah, maybe the Steelers aren't fully manned, you know, they don't have to win this game and everything. But you're like, we couldn't get this done against the Jets. Now we're assuming that we, we're going to beat the Steelers. I don't know if it's going to happen. And But he's going back into this game with all of his receivers back. Well, here's another he's gonna thing. He's going to have Landry. He's going to have – People's oh gosh, can't remember his name. The other guy, <laughs> who's been catching a lot lately. <clears throat> you know, he's going so to just... receivers back. He went into that game with nobody who had caught a pass for the Browns this year. Okay, like, I know we we hate the Browns and everything, but there was no receptions, no prior receptions for the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Right. So he's coming back with all of his receiving core back. Uh, I I think, yeah, he, he needs to hold on to the football and not fumble. Yeah, that's also true. But if he has people to throw to, I think he has the capacity to do that. So I just think that's his mindset, being able to come back into this game. He sees some starters rested, then that's even more of a window. They're seeing the door open, then they charge forward and are able to execute. Yeah, because B.J. Goodson was the guy who had COVID for the Browns. I don't think he plays next week, right, because he has COVID. I think for the other guys – I think he's still out. Yeah, I think for the other guys, it was five days. Like, remember back when Big Ben had to go in court team for five days, he didn't practice. But thankfully for the Steelers, they found out on Monday. By Saturday, he had tests. He was negative, so he got to play that week. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad thing for the Browns is it happened on Saturday. So all these guys were in close contact. Obviously, they couldn't play in Sunday's game. So assuming nobody has COVID, and, I, and hey, I don't like the Browns. I don't want anyone to have COVID. It's a serious disease, and I don't want anyone to get sick. But assuming that none of those guys have COVID, like you're saying, they all can come back against the Steelers, right? Right. Yeah. What we need to do is we, we need to somehow convince the Browns to wear those stupid all-white uniforms. Uh, okay. Whenever they wear those all-whites, they play like yakety sacks. So just wear the all-whites. <laughs> well, here, here's the other thing, too. You look at what team has been messed up the most by COVID. <clears throat> I, we've had guys that have missed games, but we never had to cancel games. We never, we never had decimated like you know James Conner missed a game or two, and okay, awful joke. But sometimes I wonder if we really miss James Conner when they missed him. But again, terrible joke. Sorry, I apologize to all, all the James Conner fans out there. But even though the Steelers haven't had a position decimated by COVID, I think we've gotten hurt more than anybody else. Because remember that Tennessee game got moved around. We lost the bye early on, and obviously the horrendous Raven situation where they couldn't – I mean, every other day we're moving games back and everything else. So I read this on Twitter. Again, tongue is playing firmly in cheek. I don't mean this. I thought it was just kind of funny. Some people said, why don't we just forfeit Week 17? So we just say, Browns, we're not playing you. If you make the playoffs, who cares? Now everyone gets the rest. 
We're situated. We're ready for next week of the playoffs. How about that? Man. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, never... in the long run, I think the point here is still to play football because playing football right. is fun and they all like to play. <laughs> that's true, but just think. Uh, I'd rather play than not play. I just think that's true. But we'll get that bye week back, the bye week right before the playoffs. And, you know, we don't have to worry about does Big Ben play or does Juju play or whatever. Everyone's got the week off. It's great. TJ wants more sacks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I'm going to be a contrarian guy. So I'm, prob- I'm probably wrong. I mean, I've been wrong definitely many times beforehand. I say the Steelers win by three. Joe, you're right. The Browns are going to get their receivers back. It's going to help them out and everything. I just, man, they had it right in front of them with that Jets game. And somehow they could have won that. And I'm wondering if that's going to mess up the Browns more than anything else. Because I think even if the Steelers rest a bunch of players, yeah, yeah, Tom's going to have them, well, (laughs) we hope. (laughs) Tom's going to have them ready to play and everything will be good and everything. And the Steelers are going to still be a hard out and everything. Mm -hmm. I just, man... I know the Jets have been playing Bears of late. I'm not saying they're a comically bad football team, but man, that loss yesterday. It's not good. Look look at two years ago uh, with the Steelers. They lost a horrendously bad game in Oakland. Um, they came back, they almost beat the Saints, they beat the Patriots, and they still missed the playoffs that year. And I remember listening to Jim Nance, and he was like, man. Steelers could be the best team in the AFC right now because they were playing well going in. But that one loss to the Raiders, and the Raiders were awful that year, that cost them. And I, I think it's the same thing. I mean, the Browns have a decent team. I'm sure not saying they're terrible. But, man, that loss is a loss that you're just going to shake your head at. So. It's just in the <sighs> wrong place, and it's the wrong team at the wrong time of the year. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. All right, any other thoughts about the Steelers this week? As, because you know it's Monday. You know there's going to be a billion things happening COVID-wise, and <laughs> our predictions are going to become moot when, you know, the game gets delayed 50 times, and <laughs> this Browns-Steelers game will be played, you know, February 14th, and <laughs> the Super Bowl will be moved back. We're still playing this game. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> our podcast will go on forever, just talking forever. about all the delays and everything. So it'll be mm-hmm. great. I, I think we covered everything. Anything else Steelers-wise? Don't think so. Any rumors? Anything else like that? Any, Nothing I've I heard, but like I say, my Sunday. What's that? Uh, Marshawn Lynch still wants to play football. Um, yeah. We can bring Marshawn back. I've been checking my email. A terrible idea. Oh, man. I mean, I love Marcus Allen. I wasn't ripping on Marcus Allen, but I, I was afraid that Marcus Allen would reach out to me after my take on guys named after Hall of Fame players. And no Marcus Allen emails, so I think I'm good there. If you're good. Yeah, hopefully he gets healthy again. I think we he need knows. Marcus Allen. Yeah. I think he knows that his name is wrong. Yes. <laughs> he knew that before he ever came on our radar. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, let me throw a promo out there. Um, there was shock. I tell you, it was it was funny. Um, sorry, Monday. Um, we're switching our name from World of Pew to um, the Ohioan. Uh, starting the podcast Monday. I remember we announced the news to one of my guests, and her mouth came open, and she was 
she said she was happy, but I think she was kind of surprised going, whoa, five days a week, it's going to be kind of crazy. It is crazy, but we're looking forward to it. It should be fun. So next Tuesday, we will record our Steelers podcast on Monday. We'll play it during the Ohioan show on Tuesday. And even though it's called the Ohioan, obviously the team that all Ohio people need to root for is the Steelers. So we will discuss what happened on Sunday. And definitely, guys, we got to make fun of the Browns no matter what happens because it's the Ohio and there'll mm-hmm. be some Ohio people we'll mention them. Should be fun. Yes. We'll mention my name. It'll be great. So <laughs> that'll be coming next week. And again, uh, we have links out there for um, we're actually on Spotify, a bunch of other places. Um, you could get last week's episode of, of the Sewage Podcast on Spotify. Subscribe, everything else. And again, I'm twisting Joe and Paul's arm because whenever the Steelers season ends, and hey, after yesterday, it's not going until February. We're going to have our, our wrap up Super Bowl, you know, win podcast. And that'll be great. As I'm wiping off my mouth like an idiot right now. Uh, but yeah, it should be good. But hopefully, Paul and Joe will stick around. We'll, we'll talk about some fun stuff even after Steelers season ends with the Highland. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. So please sign up, register, listen, share with your friends. It should be fun. Um, I think that's really anything else in general, guys, you want to talk about. Everybody should have a good new year. Yes, please have a good new year. Good new year. Stay safe. I am assuming with COVID out there, I don't think there's going to be a ton of celebrations. But whatever you choose to do, please stay safe. Um, I will say Bucyrus, Ohio, and actually a recent podcast, we had a guy from Bucyrus on. Joe, you didn't make it that time. Uh, we had the guy who said he was going to cut his hair when the Browns had a winning season. He had long hair and he was ready to cut it. Well, in Bucyrus, I bring that up because this New Year's Eve, they were going to drop a bratwurst. It would be like a 10-foot plastic bratwurst down from the middle of town because it's the bratwurst capital of the world. They chose to kind of cancel this celebration because of COVID. So I, I got to say nothing gets my friends in Bucyrus, but for all the havoc and all the sorrow and the hurt that, you know, COVID caused, if COVID did a good thing, it was canceling a celebration where a 10 foot plastic bratwurst is being dropped from the middle of Bucyrus, Ohio. It's becoming a thing. Like now every town in America has to figure out some weird object that they have to drop at New Year's, it's just it's such a strange thing. Yeah, but don't do that with Broadwurst. I, mean, just, <laughs> and I don't want to go there. I want to keep the show rated PG, but Broadwurst is not the thing. I, I mean, Broadwurst yeah. looks like other things yeah, that we I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, drop a football or drop a drop a picture of somebody. But, you know, Broadwurst has a, a look that just <laughs> don't drop that from the whole downtown. You know? Not a good idea. Oh. I will. I'll live stream squirting some Heinz ketchup off of my back deck, and that'll be the. Oh, there you go. Okay. Some, some Heinz yes. ketchup. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a stream yard, and uh, I'll tell you the downloads will go crazy. <laughs> people, I'll wake up the next day going, "Man, why was there a billion people on our website last night?" It was because of the Paul Heinz squirting ketchup. ketchup. Yeah, it'll be That's great. What it is. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Well, we better than be- it being naked, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, naked Mason Rudolph bootleg. Okay, <laughs> I've got to say that right um, because the FCC. I don't want them to come and cancel our podcast. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So next week uh, we will reconvene, and like I said, you'll be able to listen to it next Tuesday morning on the Ohio Wind Podcast. It should be good. Oh, we, we've got big guests coming up. I probably should mention that real quick before we go. Big nut John Peters. I don't know if you guys know he is. He's the big guy who goes to Ohio State games and wears flamboyant Ohio State makeup. Not like a drag guy. I mean, just more of a red and Buckeye colors and all this other stuff. He'll be on on Monday. You guys will be on Tuesday. We've got Megan Henry from the Columbus Dispatch. Tom Stoth, um, he's the president CEO of the Columbus Zoo. I taped an interview earlier last week and had a lot of great things to say about Jack Anna. So nice. you want to listen to that. And then, oh, on Friday, George Thomas. You guys might not know who he is. Old friend of mine. He's now a Browns writer for the Akron Beacon Journal. So we'll talk to him about the Browns. He also covers entertainment. I mean, he had a lot of interesting things to say about the Wonder Woman 1984 movie. Uh, do you guys have HBO Max? Yeah. I do, but I haven't watched it yet, actually. Okay. I. I'm going to do it I, today. Yeah, I actually tried it out. I, it's going to be gone in a couple of days. Long story. Um, Paul, have you been able to see it? Yeah. Kind of interesting how you can watch current first-run movies from your home without paying extra. I, I, I'm not a huge Wonder Woman fan. I, yeah, I think man. it's a little preachy at times. But I think it's interesting how HBO Max is doing it. So it should be interesting to see what's happening there. So it'll be good. We'll, we will become a HBO Max podcast once the series ends <laughs> every week. <laughs> Joe and I will quiz Paul on HBO Max and <laughs> if it's good, bad, or upside down. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Stick around for me afterwards. Have a great day, everybody, and go Steelers. Hopefully they can pull it out against the Browns.